Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Motorsports. I am your host, The Big Ticket. Uh, Jesus, I forgot my intro. Damn! Right, right. I am The Big Ticket, here to talk to you about all things motorsports and motorsports related. Um, there are two versions of the show. You can check out the audio version on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. I'm available on all platforms. Or if you want to uh, check out the video version, you can head on over to YouTube.com slash Tyreek Waldron. That's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N. There will be links in the description. Um, or you can simply search Let's Talk Motorsports in the YouTube search bar. Uh, be sure to rate this show five stars. And last but not least, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit me up on uh, Twitter at the Big Ticket 07. I also post updates on the show, motorsports in general, and you know, also, you know, when I'm looking for show notes or anything of that nature, I go to Twitter at the Big Ticket 07. Um, links, of course, will be in the description. So moving on to the show, starting off with NASCAR. Sunday was the cutoff race at the Charlotte Oval. Oval, Roval at the Charlotte Roval. All right, Kyle Busch is out. The Toyota driver Kyle Busch, he is the reigning champion uh, from last year. He's out of the, he's out of the playoff running uh, after a winless season. So bye bye Kyle. Um, now the playoff grid is set. Now moving into that is going to be uh, Kevin Harvick with Ford. He has nine wins. Denny Hamlin. If you don't know who that is, check back into my uh, episode about Michael Jordan and NASCAR. Denny Hamlin should be a name that you recognize. Uh, he's with Toyota. He has seven wins. He's number two on the grid. Brad Keselowski? Or Keselowski? However you say his fucking name, I'm not his father. I'm not his parent. Uh, he's driving with Ford. He has four wins under his, t- under his belt for the season. Chase Elliott driving with Chevy. He has three wins. Joey Logano with four, two wins. Uh, Martin, I'm gonna say Trow Junior. <laughs> I'm not on. I'm not. I'm not. I don't be on top of these people's last names, man. Uh, he's with Toyota with one win. Alex Bowman with Chevy, one win, and then Kurt Busch with Chevy, one win. Uh, Kurt and Kyle family. <laughs> if y'all didn't get that from the, anyway. Um, now my predictions for the next round, obviously I see Denny Hamlin pulling away with more than just a second place. Um, he did come away with a second place championship. I think the last time he did that was in 2010. Um, he has been able to stay in pretty high ranking and pretty high standings, but I expect him to go further, uh, in this one. Um, you know, well, uh, this is, I'm just talking about the next round, not the overall season, but I do expect him to actually pull off and be able to finish off the entirety of the season. So expect him to do well in the next round. Um, stepping into more of the corporate side of the NASCAR, uh, industry, the president of Toyota racing, the president at Toyota racing development is setting a high standard for, uh, the Toyota teams or the teams that are manufactured or like, what was, how how you phrase that? The teams that are met. The teams that are supplied, there you go, the teams that are supplied by Toyota. Uh, David Wilson is not happy with the performance of these teams, okay? After getting eight wins this season, he states it is, what do you say, unacceptable, okay? That's that's quote-unquote unacceptable, okay? And they should have way more wins. Now, Denny Hamlin has seven wins uh, on this season already, and um, I think they just had another win recently. Oh, no, Denny Hamlin had the recent win. But they have eight wins for the entirety of the season. Denny Hamlin has seven. Okay, the other guy is uh, Martin Trow. 
True, True Ox, True X, whatever. Junior, Martin Junior. All right, that's just going. That's just going to be his name. He has the other win with Toyota. So, uh, I mean, he's their second in in the win in the win status. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ford has 17 wins and Toyota only has eight, but Toyota is in second place for the number of wins. Ford has been completely dominating not just Toyota but every other manufacturer within the uh, the NASCAR series. So. It's only right, or you know, it's only. I don't see what the what the big major deal is. Obviously, everyone wants their team to be a number one. Everyone wants to have that number one win, and everyone wants to be a champion. But Ford is kicking your ass. Uh, step your game up. But for the most part, you're doing pretty fucking well. I don't see why he had to go and say that the shit was quote unquote unacceptable. I feel as though it is a. Uh, it is a decent. It is a decent way to go. Y'all second place win. Obviously, first is the goal, but. That's that's not the hit on thing, you know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't really matter. Um but David Wilson believes that Toyota should win the next five races. Yeah, okay. Whatever. If you think that's gonna happen, sure. I I doubt it. Um like I said, Denny Hamlin, I definitely hope that he ends up, you know, um moving forward and actually doing great things with that. But in terms of actually winning the next five races, bro, that's not happening. Ford ain't letting that happen. Um Harvick is not letting that happen. Shit, uh, another name to look out for. Joey Logano is not letting that happen. And Chase Elliott has came away with a surprise win on Sunday. So, shit, he's probably, he's gunning for first, too. He's not going to let that shit happen. But Denny Hamlin is, is definitely a factor that is, is going to be basically what Toyota is going to have to rely on for the rest of for the rest of the, uh, the, the season that they have going forth. Uh, stepping away from NASCAR, moving to Formula One. The great... The great, yes, I said the great. He's the goat of Formula One right now. You know what I'm saying? Hamilton finally matches Schumacher 90, Schumacher's, Michael Schumacher's 91 all-time win record. And the season's not even over yet, so expect more to come. Expect, and his career ain't done yet. He got a lot more shit to do. He got a lot more racing to get done. So expect that number to go up, boy. Expect that number to go up. With the Eiffel. What wait, what, what, what GP is this? I think it's the Eiffel GP. <laughs> I'm going to just give you the quick overview. Max Verstappen, uh, Hamilton in first, Verstappen in second, Ricardo in third. But let's talk about the actual race, shall we? Battle. By the two Mercedes in the first few turns. Fucking amazing. But Botas cuts out. Hamilton a little bit and was able to take the lead. Now Botas led for about I think 12 12 or so laps, okay? And then he ended up having some some lockup issue. He had some, some something going on. But um let me just talk about that shit. Um had a lead, was basically pulling away from everyone, but uh Hamilton and Verstappen were able to kind of close that down uh as the laps went by. Then of course by either lap twelve or lap thirteen, Botas had that uh seeming incident, I guess, where he locked up and from there had to pit uh to get his tires changed. And um Hamilton quickly took advantage of that shit. Uh kept on going, and then there was a crash. I forgot the name of the driver, but there was a crash and a virtual safety car was brought out. Now that safety car allowed for Hamilton and Verstappen to take advantage, to take even more advantage of the fact that now the race had to be—I don't want to say stopped, but the race had to be halted for a little bit. Um, and of course, these guys were able to take on an extra lap or so uh, during that time. Um, 
Now, you know, the whole him pitting and everything went very south for him as other cars were able to take advantage of, of, of the virtual safety car and all that stuff coming out uh, shortly after his pit. Shortly after his pit. Um, and later on in the race, there were plenty of accidents, but later on in the race, uh, Botas actually suffered a power loss problem. I'm not sure exactly the full te technical details. Obviously, I'm not an engineer or nothing like that. But he suffered a uh, he suffered a power loss unit problem, and after failed attempts to try and fix uh, and uh, jump start everything back up and, and change up settings and stuff like that, he had to retire the car. Um, Hamilton. I don't want to say was gifted the victory because of the fact that Botas was out because it would have been very heated competition, but he was he he was basically given a free ride to that championship. So I mean I don't want to say thank you Botas, but thank you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and as praise, you know what I'm saying. Hamilton has been getting plenty of praise on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all social media platforms, whatever. He's been getting praised by you know the media uh, as as a whole. Um, and the Schumacher family, especially, they gave him a Schumacher helmet. And also on their Twitter, they gave him plenty of praise. I think they did a, a like a short little tribute or something. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but he definitely got the helmet, and he's definitely getting a ton of praise. Well-deserved. I don't care if it was seemingly gifted. Um, and another amazing thing that happened, Ricardo was able to get Renault their first podium in, I want to say, over in, in about 10 years. Uh, I think the last time they had it was either 2010 or 2012 or whatever the fuck it was. But uh, in in a, in a good bit of years, they haven't touched podium, and Ricardo was finally able to bring that uh, bring that into fruition for them, which is a great factor. Um, that's just more props to Ricardo. Obviously, I feel as though if Botas was able to stay in, that probably would not have happened. So once again, thank you, Botas. <laughs> That just seems to be like you know every everyone seems to be succeeding once that other level of 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 competitiveness is taken out. You know, that's Hamilton is stopping, but uh, Ricardo was able to actually um, topple the charts, I guess, and topple the, the 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 main stage, and actually end up on the podium with a third, which was a great celebration. Um, I think on the drive back, he was like, "Is that a fucking podium?" Is that a fucking podium? And I was like, yeah, that's a fucking podium. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? They was all excited and stuff like that over the communication stuff. So that was fun to see. Uh, definitely put a smile on my face. And I'm sure that whole that whole crew was so fucking excited and smiling and happy. It was great to see. And I want to say Verstappen had, I don't want to say, this is facts. <laughs> Verstappen had his fastest lap on lap 60 when pressure was applied from the whoever the fuck was behind him, which was, I guess, Ricardo. And I guess other drivers too, but lap sixty, he came away with like a one twenty eight point one or some shit like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the number, but he had the fastest lap of the entire race on lap sixty. I guess he was just pushing to get it over with, but I also feel as though he was pushing because there was some pressure behind him. Um, I think Ricardo got his fastest lap on like lap fifty six or lap fifty eight or some shit like that. That's about it. But props to Hamilton. Fucking, fucking amazing, and way more wins to come. I'm certain. So he's gonna be raising that 91 all-time win number all the way up to shit. I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for like a 120, 130 type of thing. You know what I'm saying? He's still pretty young, so I, I expect good things from him. The French GP at the Bugatti circuit. Um, I'm gonna just talk about the race as it happened. Okay. Now race conditions poor, wet track from rain. Um, and, uh, 
guys had to switch up ties and yada, yada, yada. That's just track conditions. Okay. And now, green light. Everybody out the gate looking good. Couple turns later, the greatest Valentino Rossi slid out of the race literally as soon as it started, bro. I mean, like the man went maybe, maybe a couple feet. <laughs> I'm just, I'm exaggerating on the couple feet thing. He went, he he went into what I think lap two, lap th- not lap two, uh, turn two or turn three, um, and then slid out uh, from that. I believe chicane. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he slid out. I'm not sure if it was a mistake or if it was just because of the conditions of the track. I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but he uh, he was out of the race from there. With him sliding out like that, uh, Vinales and Murr, Johan Murr and Maverick Vinales, were forced to avoid him and then all the chaos, and uh, they had to hold back, which in turn ended up dropping them from contention. So they were in like... 13th, 14th, or some shit like that. They were, they were, they were far back there. They were out of points contention altogether. Hold on, let me just uh, take a little sip of this tea. You know, I'm feeling a little, a little under the weather. Um, but with that, the factory Ducatis, uh, the Vizioso, Petrucci, they were able to just pull up and take and uh, take the leads. Um. Jack Miller was uh, in first, Petrucci came up in second, and Divisioso was in third. Uh, Quartararo, the uh, last GP's champion, uh, after coming back for a while, uh, the points leader, I'm pretty sure, uh, he was fourth. But this was his first wet race. So, obviously, with experience comes skill, and he has no experience on a wet track. So, he slowly ended up getting pressure easily. And uh, was overtaken and was basically out of, uh, in my opinion, out of contention as well. Um, finished off with, what did he finish? I think he finished off with a ninth. Yeah, he finished off with a ninth at his home freaking track, I guess. I don't want, I don't, that, that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to put it as. But uh, it, it, at home, basically. Um, in his own backyard, he ended up coming away with ninth, with, um, which I'm sure he is not acceptable of. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be if I lost... If if I fucking came in ninth on my track, like nah, nah, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be uh, that wouldn't be the way I was feeling. I wouldn't be excited about that. But he now has some some wet race experience under his belt, so hopefully that ends up improving him for the next time that he ends up having to go through a wet race and he's actually able to perform, um, and you know actually be in contention for uh, victory. Now the three pack in the front, they were pulling away easily, well not easily, but they were pulling away. Um, Suzuki, their race pace, immaculate, okay, Alex Renz worked his way from 16th to 4th, okay, uh, coming all the way up and through, getting ready to, to, uh, to, to, to get on top of these Ducatis, and the Ducatis were battling within each other, and, um, Renz was able to just make his way through all that shit and take second, and sure enough, Miller crashes out, and, uh, that the first place leader crashes out. So who does that put in first? Renz. Um, now a whole like a lap later, Renz crashed out as well, which was truly deafening. Not deafening, which was truly like blindsided in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Because I expect either Murr, I expect the Suzuki to always be on podium, damn near every race. Obviously, uh, with the way that this shit has been going, 
Uh, there's like eight totally different winners every single fucking time. Um, not every single time. There's like eight total. There's like eight different winners that, has, that have occurred this season. Obviously, there's people who have continually won, but there's um, like eight different champions uh, for the MotoGP this year. It's it's crazy. Like it's basically saying that everyone has an opportunity to win if you if you play your cards right. You know, with these different conditions and sometimes just strings of bad luck. I'm looking at you, Rossi. It's um. It's and everyone has a chance basically, and I mean I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how the system is going, or uh, I'm not I'm I mean I'm I haven't checked into the points or nothing like that, so I'm not a thousand percent sure as to how that shit is gonna go. But uh, everyone is most definitely has a chance to get a victory, has a chance to get a W. Um, Alex Marquez with LCR Honda, not Mark Alex, um, was gaining. Uh, on um, the top pack, uh, like I said, with uh, Renz crashing out, Miller crashing out, it was now Petrucci who uh, made his way to first place. Uh, Divisioso, Divisioso was in second, but uh, late race, Divisioso is now suffering from uh, rear grip ten, rear, rear grip tinnitus, <laughs> basically, <laughs> which just means that grip grip starts becoming a factor, and he has to ease off, or else he's probably on it. He's probably going to end up spilling. Or be on the bad end of a high side, low side, whatever the case may be. But uh, he has to ease off slightly. But um, Alex Marquez took that as an advantage. Just just fucking gained on him. No problem. Um, Marquez went from 18th to second place. So that's also an incredible feat for him in his debut. I think his debut MotoGP um actual race and he pulls away with a with a with, with the number two spot on podium that's fucking incredible these marquez boys man they crazy they crazy um paul espargaro ends up coming up late race late in the race and um ends up pitting divisioso ends up putting him on nah, i don't want to say on his ass because he didn't like crash or nothing like that but passed him late in the race um and was able to take third divisioso finishes off with fourth uh, Quarterero, like I said, finished off ninth at the home track. Ooh, buddy, that's not good. Um, and like I said, Rossi has been having a string of bad luck. You know what I'm saying? In the last three races, he's crashed out. So, I mean, I think he did the same thing last year again uh, at three tracks. I'm not, I don't fully remember every track name or whatever. But uh, he had the same type of incident where he has a, a, a stint of bad luck, but uh, he ends up pulling back and he ends up coming back for, you know, greatness, because he's the GOAT when it comes to this MotoGP shit. Um, now, if it were dry conditions, if I'm being honest with you, if it were dry, if it were, because, you know, uh, Alex Marquez, I had read the uh, article on him, he said that, um, uh, what's this shit, a wet race win isn't, you know, it's, it's good, obviously, but it's not a part of the plan, because it's usually not wet, but, um, it takes away from that competitive edge, you know, the guys who were number, who who had the best odds for contention are now at the back of the pack taking it easy because they'd rather just finish or, or, or not taking it easy. But they are, they, they have to reduce their efforts slightly to adapt to the actual uh, wet race, you know, the wet environment. So it's, guys are not going at their max potential, you know what I'm saying. So obviously, it's a it's a good thing to get it's a good thing to get uh what what do you get second place? It's a good thing to get second place, but it's not a good thing to um 
to not have that 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 competitive contention in there because now you have a false sense of of uh, I don't want to eh fuck it now you have a false sense of drive basically um, you have a false sense of competitive nature when you didn't see what these guys were fully capable of obviously Alex is coming from I think Moto three or Moto two one of the other motos I'm not I don't I'm not 100 percent sure so he knows a ton about you know the competitiveness and all that stuff but uh, for the MotoGP uh, class. This is his first, so he has a good ways to go. Obviously, there's a reason why he started off in 18th because, you know, they have the qualifying and all that stuff. I think it did rain for one of the qualifyings, but for the most part, it was dry. So, you know, guys were able to showcase or, or guys were able to do what they needed to do in qualifying, and you can see that he was in 18th. So that's there's there's a, there's a definitely a big, uh, a big competitive edge uh, that was gone because of the wet conditions. And, um... You know, I feel as though if it were dry, it would be, like I said, how it was last week with Yamaha, Yamaha, Suzuki. <laughs> Honestly, um, going in for the race or maybe Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM. I, I don't know. Something of that nature. That's just what I think it would it would have been like. Um, but uh, it wasn't like that. Obviously, it rained. And, I mean, some of these guys don't have a lot of, don't have the greatest wet race experience. Um uh, I'm looking at you, Cordero. Don't don't mean to point any fingers or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that's just how it go. <laughs> um, boom. Going to Spa, the Belgian Raceway Spa is renovating like a mob. <laughs> Already looking ahead, Spa has shown its project to be done for uh for 2022. I'm not sure. It's supposed to be a 10-year thing, so I'm not sure if they started it in 2012 or if they just started it, like, I'll say, like, last year, 2018 or some shit like that, and are now completing certain sections of it, because it's like a 10-year thing. It's like a 10-year uh, project that they had uh, funded and all that stuff, so renovations were needed to obtain the license necessary for um, for MotoGP racing to come back to the... Damn. For MotoGP racing to come back to the track, and they were doing... You know, they... Uh, added a bunch of stuff they added um they changed up and added longer runoff areas in certain corners they added gravel traps and they expanded uh traps as well um all that does is allow for a greater uh chance for you know the bikers to slow down and for uh i guess less high speed actual crashes and stuff against walls and all that stuff like uh, that nature um the runoff areas used to be straight up asphalt and tarmac, but they changed that stuff up to gravel, um, and that allows for uh, a higher rate of friction, which allows for cars to slow down more if they run off track. Uh, now, obviously, this is going to affect more than just MotoGP because the, this track is going to be set for uh, the, endurance, the Endurance Championship. It's going to be set for... Formula One, any, any, basically any racing event that occurs at Spa is going to be uh, subject to these changes. And I feel as though it's not only safer for riders and drivers alike, it's uh, safer for the fans and safer for marshals, all that stuff that's that's going to be, or stewards, whatever the fuck they're called in that shit, uh, in that, in, in, in that time frame, in that, in that, in that, um, in that sp spectacle, in that space, there you go, in that space. Now... The one thing I have a problem with is that they plan on adding new grandstands and VIP boxes, which adds about 13,000 new seats. Uh, 
Although, like I said, this is over a 10-year span. I'm not 100% sure when it started. But uh, they're saying some of this shit is supposed to be done by 2022. My thing is, I don't know how long this COVID stuff going to last. And I don't know if you even going to be able to add in all them fucking fans. So, mm, don't know how you're really going to make that prosper. But obviously, you know, they got uh, new VIP boxes too. So, they, they, they're planning ahead for, I guess, when this stuff is over. Um, motorsports is going to be here for a long time. So they're, they're, excuse me, they're investing for a long time, not a short time. Um, now this shit cost a ton of money, 80 million euros funded, not only by the track itself, but funded by a loan from, I want to say a bank, but I'm not hundred percent sure what the loan was from and funded by the, like the motorsports industry bank or some shit like that. Uh, not the, no, the government bank, um, uh, like a, like a government bank or something like that for the area or whatever it was all, it was also funded by them. Obviously that track probably when it, when it has fans and advertisements, and all that stuff running, it has plenty of, of money coming in. So 80 million euros, I feel like they're going to make that up, uh, within a decent amount of time, but this COVID stuff is going to throw uh, a fucking, what's that? What's that phrase? It's going to throw a wrench in the plans. I don't know if they're going to be able to come back and, and, uh, and prosper. I don't want to say pro- uh, profit. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna be able to profit off of that. So, spa. Let's see what let, let, let's see what happens in the next coming years. Um, moving on to well, sticking with kind of like endurance basically because you know spa is getting their endurance stuff is getting in an, an endurance event happening there soon. Uh, well, not soon, but uh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, talking about the other Westbrook. Okay, not Westbrook, like, basketball, OKC, turn rocket, Westbrook, no. Talking about the other Westbrook, okay, Richard Westbrook from the World Endurance Championship. He is once again called upon by Aston Market to step foot into the GT realm. And I say he's called upon again simply because of the fact that he has good history with the team. Okay, um, and there's some vacancies. Now I think ah, I forgot their names. I think somebody named something Turner and something else. But uh, there are two guys who are basically vacant for the next event coming up, and in Bahrain, I think that's the last uh, that's the last race of the season for WEC. So that allows. Basically, they, they 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 need someone to fill the spot, and I guess their option to go to or their go to option was Richard Westbrook, and because um, you know in the twenty four hour Le Mans he was called upon then and had a third place win at twenty four hours, and uh, uh, the other Aston Martin car for that se- for that race actually finished first, so first and third win. You know what I'm saying that's pretty fucking incredible. Um, and also, Westbrook, I can't talk. Westbrook won first, won his first GT race, uh, or won his first race in a GT car at Bahrain. Obviously, I mean, it was in 2005. You know, Westbrook is pretty, he's like 40, he's like 40 something years old, 44, 47, 47. He up there. Well, no, that's not up there. I'm fucked up. He's like 45. I think, yeah, we'll just go in the middle. 45. He's 45. And, uh, he obviously has, you know, the talent and the, the 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 knowledge, and the team is rolling with him 100. Uh, percent 
Um, I, I think he has yeah, he had a, he has a pretty good relationship with the fucking team. So um, they're just expecting good things to happen. And I mean, it's an honor to fucking race with Aston Martin. Who would turn that down? <laughs> I mean, I guess the other drivers, if they get offered more money or whatnot, uh, or what or whatnot, um, because I mean, there, there's a reason why they're vacant. Why those spots are vacant. So, you know, but I wouldn't turn that shit down. Richard Westbrook, keep doing your thing, man. And uh, looking for good, only good fortune for you coming in the whatever that shit is called. Bahrain. There you go. (laughs) Hold on. Mm. Like it's hot, but it's also cool at the same time. Um... Stepping into the WRC, I just want to take a moment, okay, excuse me, I just want to take a moment, um, rest in peace to Laura Silvo, uh, 21-year-old, she passed away, she's a uh, rally co-driver, and uh, she passed away at the Portuguese uh, rally, um, one of the rounds at the Portuguese rally. My condolences to the family, to the friends, to the team, uh, to all her loved ones and people that loved her. Um, that's just a sad thing to see, a young soul going. And my condolences to everyone. Um, I've never, honestly, in my life seen a car tore up like that from hitting a tree. Well, I guess, but just a sad thing, just a sad moment. Um, definitely uh, probably a moment that won't be forgotten by a family team. Not, no, probably won't be a moment forgotten by her team. Um, and just a sad moment, RP, Laura Silvo. Um, moving on to Rally Italy. Hyundai has been fined 30,000 euros. Um, reason why their rear subframe on what's his name, Danny Sorbo, rear rear subframe on the winner, Danny Sorbo's car was underweight, now, I'm not really sure what the weight difference was, but I think when I did the calculations earlier, that shit was like a pound or less, I don't know how the fuck they was calculating that, I guess in grams it might be different, or either that, or I didn't fucking see that in grams. Because G is grams, right? Because <laughs> this is European stuff. So, G is grams. So, it didn't say kilograms. It didn't say none of that shit. It just said grams. So, that makes, like... When I converted that shit, <laughs> it came out to like half a pound. Or like just over a half a pound or something like like sixty like point sixty of a pound or whatever for the people that don't for the for the American side of everything you know so how the how the hell did they catch that is my question I, they have like the homologated weight and all that stuff so I guess that might work because cars need to be weighed and shit like that uh, I think with without and with the driver inside and that will tell you everything about the weight of the car if it changes and stuff like that they'll know. So I don't think it did. I don't think they violated the homologated weight thing, but they might have violated one of the weight classes things, or one of the weight classifications, or some shit like that. Something like that. They were fined thirty thousand, and now they're under investigation to see if they may have did it any other time, which I doubt they did. 
and uh, it was just chalked up as a clerical error that they uh, just missed or didn't check. Um, and I think there might be a suspension, un- uh, not underway, but pending whatever whatever comes out of the investigation coming up. But he still gets the win. Danny Sorbo still gets the win, so congrats to him. Um, but I don't know how the fuck they caught that shit. But, you know, it's, it's, this is the professional WRC. This ain't no amateur shit that, you know what I'm saying? They on top of it. They got all the systems that they need to check this stuff. Um, moving to Moto America, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh my God. I'm so mad. I missed this race. I'm so mad. I missed this race. I wanted to actually uh, go to the event, but I chose not to. I chose not to because uh, I honestly don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I didn't have much to do that day. I did a couple things, but I truly wish I went to the event. That would have been great footage. Um, The next one is in fucking Monterey, so I can't make that one. But I guess next season. There's always next season if I'm still alive. Uh, have mercy on me. Anyway. Um, I just want to talk about how include, I'll talk about the actual race and stuff like that probably next week, um, along with whatever events are coming out next week, but I just want to talk about how inclusive they are to every form of motor racing, basically, you know what I'm saying, they, they got the baggers, the battle of the baggers is coming up, I believe, if it didn't already happen, but I think it's coming up, okay, so, if you don't know what a bagger is, a bagger is... A motorcycle with like basically a full touring chassis. Um, how that's set up is um, basically these are bikes that are built to go long distances comfortably, okay, or in relative comfort for motorcycles. Okay, obviously a car is going to be way more comfortable than a motorcycle, but it's relative, like it's the top of the line comfort for motorcycles. That's what a touring chassis basically is. Now these guys plan on racing these. Now these bikes are usually big, burly. You know what I'm saying? And they normally have um, what it's called saddlebags on the back of them. Okay, saddlebags are uh, usually could be hard case, leather, um, some different type of material, some waterproof material, whatever. Uh, but they normally go on the back end of the bike on the sides. Okay. And these guys plan, these not plan, but these, they race those shits. Okay. I think by, by uh, I think, uh, by Drag Week or something like that, whatever whatever organization is actually kind of like basically hosting it or sponsoring it, but it's like these guys are racing baggers. I've never seen that shit. Like, not like drag racing baggers. I'm talking about racing them around and on track. Like, turns and all that shit. Baggers. And quite impressive. That's something that Moto, Moto America includes. I've never seen that shit on a, in a European stage. Obviously, I'm pretty sure baggers are more way, way, way more common in the U.S., but that's besides the point. <laughs> Next is the Heritage. Okay, they just had the Heritage Cup yesterday. God damn it. <sighs> I missed so much shit. They had the Heritage Cup, uh, not yesterday, on Saturday. Yeah, they had the Heritage Cup on Saturday. Okay, which, I mean, I mean, it's not going to be the most exciting race. Obviously, these are bikes from like 1970-something, 1980-something. And, you know, they're not going to be at the same power or the same handling or the same aggressiveness as... Uh, as the bikes that we have now that these guys are racing. So it, it's expected to not be as entertaining. But if you care, I guess, about the heritage or if you want to see a little bit of piece of history rolling down the track and actually doing some things that's quite fucking, you know, some shit. 
Obviously, these bikes were probably pushed at that time. They were the top of the line during those times. So expect it. Now might be a little different. But to see them actually take the track and, and, and go around like that and everything, I mean, perfectly expected. I... I'm. I was. I watched the shit on YouTube. Not on YouTube. I watched the. Uh, the. I think the practice on Facebook Live, actually. Uh, I think free practice two or some shit. I had watched that on um, on Facebook Live, and I was sitting there fucking engulfed by the shit. It's. it's they include baggers and heritage bikes. Um, never seen that shit in the European stage. Obviously, you could go back and look. They have those races, but I haven't seen those types of um sub sub events inside of the moto gp or moto 3 moto 2 none of that stuff obviously that's a different level of competition altogether so i guess that's understandable but i still kind of want to see like some type of heritage shit going on you know the history of motor racing is just as impressive as motor racing is today um then you know they also have different things for the youth man they got the juniors cup okay not only i'm not talking about like yes there's teens but like and youth in general, like they, like they have the stuff for the teens, basically the people like, like 16 years old, 17 years old, 15 years old, whatever in that, in that range, basically. Okay. That I think is the juniors cup. They have that shit. These, 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 these people are these people, these kids are performing and they're doing great. Okay. I told you like in a recent episode or not a recent episode, but in one of my last episodes, you can check back. I even, I said this shit, um, for the episode, like, yo, th- th- that shit was, lo- that shit is actually exciting, like, I just got in back, I just got interested in it recently, like, literally during the time of that episode, because I've never really, uh, uh, seen it like that, you know what I'm saying, I've never seen, like, no junior racing, or, like, i seen it in drag racing for, uh, cars and motorcycles, but that is, I didn't see it in this, in this realm, I didn't see it in the actual full track day style realm, okay, and, of course, they got the stuff with the mini bikes. They got stuff with dirt bikes too. I forgot what type of racing it's called, but basically, I don't want to say basically they're on a dirt bike, but they're on a dirt bike and they drifting them bitches. <laughs> That's all I can really tell you. That shit is fun. It looks fun, incredible. Um, there's like, if I want to say someone who has plenty of content about that, check out Brandon Posh on Instagram. Um, I talked about him in a recent episode as well, but he has plenty of, con- he has plenty of videos and stuff that shows him actually performing on the, 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 the style of stuff that I'm talking about. And there's the mini bike stuff with not only full grown people on them shits, but it's also little ass kids. Like <laughs> I'm talking like probably like seven to 10 years old on them fucking mini bikes and they ain't moving them shits. Like they was really like, it's quite, it's quite exciting and it's a different thing you know, from what you're normally used to, you're able to see the impact of motorsports on not only adults, but youngins too, and I'm all for it, man, I I wish I seen that shit when I was younger, I would have tried so hard to get into that stuff when I was younger, but I didn't, you know what I'm saying, I didn't see that, most of the time, what you see with, when you're someone like me, you see football, basketball, you see those kind of sports, you know what I'm saying, you see maybe baseball, um, most of the time, that's usually put on the Spanish guys, and soccer, but, uh, <laughs> You see those kind of sports. You see physical sports. You don't see nothing about motorsports, okay? Obviously, I mean, in high school and stuff like that, there's probably not going to be anything for motorsports. You know, it's based off of what the high school is going to uh, afford and fund. But outside of that, you don't see it a lot. I mean, like I said, I've been to plenty of drag races and stuff like that, so that's pretty much all I saw. Yeah, I saw kids doing it. I mean, I had to grow up a little bit before I was given the responsibility of being behind the wheel of anything. But you saw kids 
race well yeah yeah i say kids you saw kids racing man and i was just in a straight line and i didn't see none of this weaving and and and, and cornering and nothing like that until i got to 16 17 years old um and i didn't even know that kids were basically being put on a main stage like this as well you know teenagers were being put on a main stage like uh like this as well so new to me <laughs> Uh, not, not new to everyone, but new to me. Okay. Now, also, I want to jump into, you know, with this, I like this whole inclusion thing with the race for equality and change initiative. Okay. Uh, recently Bud Denker was interviewed by motorsports.com. There you go. Boom. Um, and he's the president of the Penske corporation. So he, uh, he said programs like NXG are important for attracting youth to motorsports. Okay, now I feel as though programs like that is definitely going to be the next stage in the motorsport lifestyle. You know, um, it's going to probably help with the survival of motorsports in general. Um, you know, you got to be inclusive of all backgrounds and uh, and diversity has to improve for motorsports to really uh, succeed in, in, in further years. Simply because, you know, now you're starting to see way more, way way People of different ethnic backgrounds and people of different backgrounds altogether uh, actually watch this shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, in these times, there's a lot of things that people can't do no more. So, they got to fill it up with entertainment, streaming, you know? So, a lot of the people that end up watching this stuff and end up seeing this stuff are usually people from a different perspective. You know, from, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> See, I'm I'm at a loss right now. I got a different train of thought. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? People from different backgrounds all come together to watch motorsports. Not just drag racing. Not just... Yeah, drag racing. Not just drag racing, okay? All forms of motorsports. So, it's important that motorsports as a whole is now inclusive to all those different backgrounds and all those different uh, diversifying traits, (laughs) you know? Um... I mean, I compare that with my own story. Like I said, for not even just for the racing as a, as a, as a kid, you know, just for the stuff that I seen when I was hitting up racetracks uh, as a kid is drag racing, children racing, you know what I'm saying? Children drag racing on motorcycles in car, like in like the top fuel style cars, like that type, that shit was, that shit was incredible to me. I ain't never, I never thought that would even happen. I never seen that shit. Obviously, none of them were like me, so you know there's that. But <laughs> none of them. When I say like me, I mean like none of them were, in essence, African American. Okay, um, but that's beside. That's not besides the point. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. But you know, um, like shit like that is is also inclusive, including the youth in the racing. Youth, blah, 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 speak properly, bro. The youth <laughs> in the racing and stuff like that. Um, all that stuff was in- inclusive of that. Um, now, of course, you know, with with uh, my own shit, I've I've been interested in in watching all forms of motorsports when I was like sixteen. That's when I truly fell in love with MotoGP, Formula One. I fell in love with that shit when I was sixteen. Um, mainly rally at the at, of course you know that's what i truly like really enjoy watching because rally is by far i don't care about no formula one okay or formula e or any other form of road racing that rally shit 
Rally is re is really where you see the best of the best really perform. I don't care about you know Formula One or, or Formula E or nothing like that. Rally is when is really when you see uh, people actually showcase real skill because not only are you paying attention to the cold drive, you got to pay attention to the road or in the sense off road. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's to me not only the most difficult but the best racing environment ever. It's just you versus the road you and your team rally your co-driver whatever versus the road okay it's uh not only pressuring for the driver but it's pressuring for the rally driver as well for the for the co-driver as well you know i'm saying you got to get them instructions right if you don't bad things can happen um but that's all that's all i really have to say for the show you know what i'm saying just trying to be inclusive of everyone you know what i'm saying trying to get plenty of people in the door you know like uh my goal with the motorsports industry is honestly just trying to be a part of the media yes i curse a lot i say shit i say damn i say fuck you know what i'm saying i i so i guess i probably have to clean up on that and uh or i mean i don't know i might be able to continue everything on my own platform whatever the case i'm just trying to get i'm trying to use this to get my foot in the door so I don't know if, you know, I guess that's that's a part of me. That's a part of my charm. That's a part of my personality. So whatever the case, however uh, that system ends up rolling out, I do still plan on putting out way more stuff and uh, actually acquiring way more content, you know, going out to these events and stuff when I actually have a schedule built around it. Um, getting some extra footage, doing a whole lot of uh, the history stuff going on um, behind certain tracks, behind certain drivers, races writers whatever i plan on doing that as well so definitely if you're here subscribe man subscribe to the youtube channel there's gonna be plenty of content coming down the line i plan on doing this for a, a for a long period of time and letting it grow and uh hopefully doing everything that's necessary to actually use this platform to get my foot in the door and hopefully some more foots in the door as well in, in the uh, motorsports industry just just trying to teach uh people like me uh different things that's going on um that's really it for the show, man. That's really all that I have to say. Yeah, pretty much. Um, if you enjoy, feel free to subscribe. If you didn't, why didn't you? Put it down in the comment section down below. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, head on over to the YouTube version. Just look at my face. Talk to me. Talk dirty to me. Or however that song go. Anyway. Um... Oh, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at TheBigTicket07. You'll find updates on the motorsports world as well as updates on the show altogether. So holla at me there. And if you want to have any form of conversation or provide any form of insight, if you just some regular person that want to come on the show, whatever, feel free. Step up. Come through. Whatever you got to do or have if I go. I, I don't know. Just hit me up on Twitter at TheBigTicket07, man. That's where I be at the most times. Um, also, if you enjoy it, share it with your peoples, um, you know, put my, put my name out there. Uh, hopefully I could probably, uh, you know, succeed, but you got to keep trying. Even if you fail, got to keep trying, got to keep taking them risks. So I guess I have to take the marketing risk of Instagram because <laughs> right now I've only been using Twitter. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, man, that's it for the show. Have a wonderful day, wonderful week, wonderful weekend. Peace. Don't really know what to do with my hands. There you go. Boom.